You show your value of something by what you do, by how you invest your time. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. We're honored to have you here today. I'm Kyle Reno. This is Bill Eliff. We get the joy of hosting this. And honestly, our heart is just, just to see this help in some way fuel the fire for a real move of God. You know, I think, Kyle, uh, there's so many things like God's movement yeah. that we don't understand, and so we don't go for it. Right. You know, I, I've often thought we do what what's valuable to us, yeah, you know, true. and, and you can miss, you can miss or lose a moment, sure. you know, when something was very valuable and suddenly it's gone. Right. And that's the hard thing is when it's passed and yeah. then you look at the value. I'm, I'm a baseball guy. You know, yeah. this. I love, I love baseball. Even as a kid, I early kid, I, I wanted baseball cards. And so, man, I back in the day, you open the pack of baseball cards. There's that piece of gum that dissolves into like seven thousand oh, yeah. pieces Tops. in your mouth. Tops, baby. Yeah. Tops. But I had Bill the collection of all collections, bro. Oh. I mean, I had literally thousands of baseball cards. You know, that's I, a I lot had, of gum. That's a lot of gum. <laughs> yeah, probably some of my cavity problem. Yeah. You know, inside that, but. I didn't realize how valuable that was until it was gone because it actually was put away uh, in a mini storage at one point in transitional season when I was in college. And that mini storage, all of them caught on fire. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, caught on fire. So I lost all those cards. Well, now I know the rookie cards I had in there. I know oh, yeah. I had, I mean, Bo Jackson's and, I mean, Roger Clemens and all those, mm. which are valuable now. Yeah. But just imagine how valuable they'll be in future yeah. generations, a couple yeah. decades from now. But it wasn't until later as I matured sure and I went, a, oh, wow. Yeah. How valuable you know, I, I, I've talked to so many guys who get into their 60s and 70s and they realize uh, something in their life would have been so important, but they just miss it, like raising their kids. Right. And they, they think, well, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do that later. I'll, mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they're 20 and they're gone, right. and you just missed it. Mm -hmm. You know, you missed. Now, you can recapture some of that. Yeah. As, as we talk on this podcast so often, I think one of the things that we don't value a lot is prayer. We just don't see, you know, I don't think there's anybody listening to this podcast who'd say, well, uh, I don't think prayer is valuable. But you you show your value of something by what you do, mm. by how you invest your time. And Kyle, I just want to take a minute and just think about the value of praying and particularly uh, the value of praying for the movement of God in my life, my family, my church, my city, my nation, in our world. And maybe just give two or three reasons why this is so valuable. You know, uh, Paul said it like this, pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. There's a reason he said that. One of the reasons is that God wants your prayers now, just think about this for a minute. We we don't we get upset with our prayerlessness, uh, and we think about us. 
But just think about the fact that God really wants your prayers. Now, I have eight children, and I want to tell you something. I like to hear from them. When I don't hear from them, uh, I think something's wrong. I want to know what's going on in their life. I want to know the hard things and the easy things, the, the defeats and the victories, and I think I can help them some along the way. God longs for your prayers, and we know that because prayer is mentioned, now listen to this, 650 times in the Bible. There are a thousand pages in my Bible right here. So on the vast majority of pages in my Bible, God talks about us praying, and there are 450 specific answers to prayer that are recorded. And you say, well, why would God want my prayers? Well, let me just give you some bullets. First, he loves you, and he just wants communion with you, just like you do with your children. Uh, they want, uh, you want to hear from them, and, and in reality, they need to hear from you. God just loves you and wants to talk with you. He wants to be involved in your life, involved in decisions. And also, he made you, and he knows your life won't work without him. You know, Jesus was so clear about this. In John 15, he talked about the vine and the branches. And he said, look, I'm the, I'm the vine. I'm the one that's connected. I'm the source of all life, all nourishment. And your job is to abide. That means to remain in a steadfast and fixed position. Because apart from him, uh, you can do nothing. I didn't say you can do some good things. It says, no, you really can't do anything that matters and anything that lasts. I love what E.M. Bounds, the great pastor during the Civil War, uh, he wrote these words, God has of his own motion placed himself under the law of prayer, and he has obligated himself to answer the prayers of men. He has ordained prayer as a means whereby he will do things through men as they pray, which he would not otherwise do. If prayer puts God to work on earth, then by the same token, prayerlessness rules God out of the world's affair and prevents him from working. Now you just think about that for a minute. Your life doesn't work without God, and we're not connected to God unless we're praying. So God wants your prayers because he knows that it won't work without him, and he's training you. He's getting you ready to do work here and do work for all of eternity. And, and he, he needs to be coaching you all day long. I mean, during the day, the Lord needs to be in, you need to be in such a relationship with him that he can say, no, son, don't do that. Or daughter, hey, say this right now. She needs a word, this word, give this word to her. And he wants to coach you up. Now, if you're, not, if you're not talking to him throughout the day and throughout the years of your life, you're also going to misinterpret what he's allowing or causing in your life, right? I mean, we've all done this. Something hurtful happens. Some relationship goes sour. And you adopt the world's evaluations of that. And you can get bitter, angry, upset. But God is training you in all of those things. Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, he trains. But that training can't happen 
if you're not talking to him. So God wants your prayers. I mean, he really, I, I know this is hard to believe, but he loves you and he wants to talk with you. And here's the second thing. You and others need your prayers. Prayer without ceasing is not a suggestion. <laughs> it's an imperative. It's a command. And God doesn't waste his commands. It's a reason that he wants to involve you and others with him is that you need his, his answers to prayer. Now, several reasons why prayer, I've often says this, brings God into the equation. Here you are going about your life, raising your family, maybe you're a pastor, you're leading your church. And if you're not praying, the kingdom of God is not coming and the will of not God is not being done. That happens through prayer, the Bible says. That's what we're to pray. And so you don't have God in the equation. So here's the question. Do you want to just raise your kids by yourself? You want to handle your finances by yourself? You want to make decisions about your church, your ministry, your job by yourself? Well, prayer brings God into the equation. And prayer, secondly, reorients us to heaven's perspective. I love this great passage on prayer, Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Set your mind on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. For you've died and your life is hidden there with him. In other words, you, you are in the heavenlies with Christ. Why else would he tell us to pray? We can walk right into the throne room. We can talk to the Father. So when you pray, you get heaven's perspective about everything. You know how to function. You know how to operate. And you know what to pray for. And just practically, prayer calms the heart and brings peace. I had a little uh, physical problem recently, and it just came on me and uh, blindsided me. And they took me for some tests and put me in a CAT scan. And in that moment, I just said, Lord, you know, I'm yours. My life is yours. My mind is yours. My tongue is yours. And uh, so do what you will. And the Lord flooded that CAT scan tube. I mean, I've had a lot of experiences with him, but this was one of the most precious. And my heart was just at such peace. I mean, what was happening looked pretty troubling. I came out of that, that tube and there were tears in my eyes. I know the nurse thought I was afraid, but I was just at peace. I just had joy because I just met with the Lord. And, uh, and that happened in prayer. And prayer aligns us to the will of God. I mean, here's G Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane and facing the toughest moment any man will ever face in human history. And he said, Lord, if there's any way for you to do this uh, without me having to go to the cross and take upon myself the sins of the whole world. Uh, but here's his prayer. Not my will, but thine be done. And he came back three times, indicating he wasn't quite finished praying that prayer. And finally, that third time, okay, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. There's nothing better for you than to be aligned to the will of God, right? 
Because Romans 12, 2 says that the will of God is good and it's acceptable and it's absolutely perfect. That means lacking in nothing. And that comes through prayer. And, and prayer just works, right? It accomplishes things that nothing else will accomplish. So God wants your prayers. Say, why should I pray? God longs for you to commune with him all day long. And you and others need your prayers. But there's one other thing I want you to see, and that is that Satan fears your prayers. He's not really concerned about you as you're just kind of walking through the day. But when you're walking through that day, talking to the Father, filled with the Holy Spirit, communing with the God of the universe, he trembles because you are a son or a daughter of God, filled with God. And he knows that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. This is why Ephesians 6, uh, Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God, but then what we're to do is to pray at all times and all kinds of ways for all people. And he says, you just stand. You don't have to advance. You just stand, right? And you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit that comes through unceasing prayer with him, and you become a great, mighty power for God in the world in which you live. So, Kyle, when we think about the things that are valuable in our lives, baseball is valuable. My mm -hmm. children are valuable. Sure. I mean, there are a lot of things that are valuable. But, oh, that God would show us that the most valuable thing, the foundation for everything, right. is to be in constant communion with God. Yeah, as you were sharing, I was saying, prayer fits everywhere. Hmm. It, it, it fits in any moment, yeah. in any stage, in any situation. So prayer is always appropriate. Wow. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and if you think about that that way, you'll give it its right value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I, you know what I need to do right now? Well, I need to pray about that. Right. You know, I need, I need to ask the Lord about that. Like, you just, if you see life through the lens of prayer, yeah. it gives you the right pursuit. You know, a dear friend of mine who the Lord has blessed greatly financially said, uh, it's a lady, and she said uh, to me one time, she said, you know what I'm trying to do? And I said, what? She said, I'm praying about every purchase, whether it's five cents or five dollars. Mm. Now, this is a woman who didn't have to think that way. Right. Right. Uh, but I just thought, how beautiful. Yeah. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness yeah. thereof. This is his stuff. Hmm. We're just stewards. And one day we'll give an account. Right of our stewardship. Right. So she wanted to get in line with that. Yeah, so good. And it, it came through prayer. Wow. Well, in light of that, you know, we need to hear testimonies and moments where somebody else has learned this as well. So each time we come together, we take a moment to teach a truth and then capture a testimony of how valuable right now, how valuable prayers to some other people. So let's listen to this real quick. In a moment of extended uh, prayer and fasting in my own life, uh, in 1996, there was a moment where I really sensed God saying that He wanted to unite the church in Central Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And He wanted me to serve Him in that. And I had no idea what that meant at the time, but it wasn't long after that that uh, I began to meet other pastors who already were praying together. 
-hmm. And out of a small group of pastors that have been praying together, God led us to that first prayer summit in 19, 1998. It's interesting, isn't it, how uh, uh, this moves along relational lines. And I think if there's anything we've seen uh, in Little Rock is that movement happens among friends and, and that friendships are most dramatically developed in prayer. That first prayer summit, uh, the first day, I remember everybody was pontificating in prayer. And about halfway through the day, the Lord just walked into the room and men began to weep and confess and get real. And uh, our hearts were knit together. And then we had four more days. And I'll never forget coming out of that first prayer summit, realizing I have 25, 30 blood brothers right here that I've never had before in any city. And it has, uh, it's changed my life. I remember George Otis talking his in some of the transformation videos where he had studied uh, community transformation, talking about the two things that were always present, uh, united prayer, fervent united prayer, and persevering leadership. And mm -hmm. by God's grace, uh, I think he's given those to us mm -hmm. here in Central Arkansas. And I think really at the, at the core of what sustained us has been this call from God, this belief that, that he's at work here. Mm -hmm. I like what one of our uh, prayer facilitators talked about, and that was developing in each church a culture of prayer. And then hopefully as the churches come together and pray, the city gets uh, developed a culture of prayer, and it just creates more desire to pray. I've just been blown away by when we, we take our our denomination hats off and just um, be open to praying to God and just seeking His face. Um, all types of things have come out of that. The picture that kept coming into my mind of Little Rock was like a spiritual nuclear explosion, you know, where there was this, this mighty work of God and, and He was so lifted up over the city, nobody cared what was in front of the in front of the church on the sign before the word church. You know, everybody was just concerned about being the church for the city. And I think that's, to me, one of the most beautiful things that's begin, beginning to happen in Little Rock is those barriers are coming down. We realize we are one church in this city. And I'm just a small part of that. And I need all these other expressions and parts of the body for us to reflect accurately the nature of Christ in this in this city. We begin to think if we were to work together, if we were to come together and and serve in a way that the city could see, uh, would, would, would that make a difference? And so it was a hundred churches that came together uh, for that first ShareFest. And, and, and both our Little Rock and North Little Rock mayor said it was one of the most significant volunteer events the city had ever had. And so it was this great visible light. But I think more than that, it, it helped us as the church see that when we were united together, we could see more happen for the glory of God. And then we had a big uh, rally in the, uh, uh, the arena, and instead of kind of shouting about how wonderful we are, though we, we had 60 pastors on the, on the podium confessing our sin, that we had failed to be the church. And I think that was the appropriate thing to do. I think God, I think that was a turning moment for our city uh, to say, hey, forgive us for not loving you and not being unified. And, uh, and then there was a, a uniting of our hearts in that moment that was incredible. I think there were about 8,000 people that were there uh, that night. 
you have to believe that, that the church's unity and, the, and, the, and prayer have, have contributed in some significant way to our community really being a different community. Mm -hmm. I think uh, racial reconciliation has been uh, a big plus uh, in this, but it has not, it, we didn't come together because of racial, uh, racial reconciliation. We came together to, uh, to pray and to seek God for the city. Racial reconciliation happens a lot easier when it's somebody you love and care about. It was obvious that uh, after trying so many resources and strengthening and officers and all of that, you know, something was needed greater, and uh, and that greater need was really God. I can remember uh, pastors coming uh, at a at a prayer summit and saying, you know, I know that my relationships, my involvement here, have saved my ministry. They might have saved my life. We really are a band of brothers, and we're going to be there. Uh, if you're suffering in your church, we're going to be there. If you're suffering in your family, we're going to be there for each other. You know, I am one of the testimonies because when I when I went to my first prayer summit, I'm so overwhelmed with with what it meant to be a pastor. I had no clue, and and then just learning how to pray with other pastors, and then finding friendships with other pastors who understood. I doubt very seriously that I would even be in the ministry today if I hadn't discovered that back in 2004. One of the most encouraging aspects of the whole movement has been seeing the city's hunger to pray and um, how we've just over the last couple of years began doing the quarterly prayer times and they're called evening at prayers. I love seeing how powerful those have been and just how you see, of course, the attendance wanes and, and rises according to the schedule, but just and one I remember seeing about 500 people who came out from the city just to pray and just how powerful that night was. It was very diverse. It was just God's presence was, was just so strong in evidence. And I feel like every time we do that, we begin healing the body, you know, of whatever spiritual strongholds that are out there. I think another thing that God has done is begin to show us some mercy drops of revival. I know last, uh, in the spring of 2010, God began to move in several of the churches in just an extraordinary way. Uh, in our own church, one service that broke into an expansion of His movement that lasted for five solid weeks uh, every night. And that same thing, I remember on that same day that that broke out in our church, another church uh, right close to us and a dear friend of mine, uh, they baptized spontaneously 18 people mm -hmm. on that day. And then we began to hear the reports of that happening in several churches around the city. And, and it's, just, it's just wonderful that we're connected mm -hmm. because what happens at your church begins to affect me and that begins to affect you and that begins to affect you. And we're, we're mutually stimulated and we, we're hearing God together. I long to see us uh, raise up the low places and bring down the high places and clear a highway for our God mm -hmm. so that the Lord could just come in our city. Say, say that again. <laughs> to clear out the low places, mm -hmm. to raise up the low places, bring down the high places, clear out all the rocks to prepare a highway for our God. Wow. And, and I think we're going to see it. That's, that's what's amazing. I, I think I have absolute faith that what's happened in our past is God building our faith to believe Him for and to pray for greater things in our city so that He can be more greatly glorified. And I long for that as well. 
And, uh, and I think he wants us to cry out for that. Amen. So I love hearing stories. I love ha- hearing somebody else share how p- valuable prayer is to them. Right. And it helps remind me. So every time we get together on this podcast, we, we don't want to be the podcast that talks about praying yeah. without, praying. without yeah. praying. So we, we want to invite you now. Don't just listen to Bill and I pray, but join us. Agree with us. And you also pray right there in your heart. Bill, if you would, get us started, and I'll close this up in a second. I will. Lord, I thank you that right now as we're joining together in prayer, it pleases you. Lord, just there's a smile on your face Mm. as we turn from whatever it was we were doing and we turn our heart and our mind to you. So, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to bless you. Lord, I was reading this morning about the morning and evening sacrifice that the Israelites, a soothing aroma to God. And Lord, just morning and evening, all day long, that sacrifice pleased you and blessed you. And what a privilege to bless you, Lord, in prayer. And Lord, how it blesses us. I thank you for these these men just reminding us of the of the value of prayer. And I pray, Father, uh, that just somehow today, personal prayer, corporate prayer, would move up on our value list, yes. Lord, and forgive us for so many times we've gone hours and days, mm-hmm. maybe weeks, without ever really praying, and the pride mm-hmm. that that illustrates that we think we can do it on our own. Right. So, Lord, just we pray that it would consciously move up on the value chart yes. in our hearts and lives today. Yeah, Lord, I'm just... Personally, and on behalf of every listener here, God, I pray you would find us praying when we know that we're weak mm-hmm. and, Lord, when we think that we're strong. That's right. God, I pray that you would find us praying when we're hopeless or when we're hopeful. God, I, I pray that no matter where we are in life, God, the value of prayer would be easily displayed and demonstrated mm-hmm. that you would find us praying, that you would find us praying it through, praying over everything praying in faith, God, praying when we need faith. God, I just, I pray that you would awaken a people where prayer is breathing. Yes. It is just spiritual breathing, God. So I I pray that would be so in our age and it would bring about a great move Mm -hmm. of your spirit. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, hey, thank you for being with us today. We always want to help you take next steps in your walk spiritually and also to be able to resource you because the uh, we want to see you take these truths and give it to others. So you can always go to onecry.com website and find some of those things. And Bill's going to actually highlight one yeah, of them. Yeah, there's tons of resources. One of those is just this One Cry book. And uh, if you want to know why right. and uh, you should pray and get others to pray with you, mm-hmm. read One Cry. It'll, yeah. it'll help you get there. That's right. Hey, take this podcast and share it with somebody today. I mean, send it to somebody that you know that God's already stirring these things in their heart, but this might push them right over the edge. And we look forward to catching up with you again next week.